Well, hello, and thank you for joining us again today. Um, we're uh, going to continue our online services, so this will be our Sunday morning message. And um, I believe uh, Brother Chris is doing some worship as well. So um, when I'm doing this, he's doing the worship, and I'm sure Nathan will join them together, so you may not even notice a difference um, other than two videos being put together. So um, I thank you for being patient with us as we try to work our way through this, and uh, we're, we're going to keep... Uh, I'm watching it every day and uh, praying every day and just asking God for wisdom every day. And I ask you to do the same. Ask Him to give us wisdom that we can make good decisions for our congregation during this time. And um, <clears throat> I want to um, let anyone that is watching know that if you're not on our church messaging and you want to be added to it, if you would uh, send me a Facebook message or send the church a Facebook message or... Um, if you're watching this on YouTube and you don't have Facebook, you can send me a text message at 931-309-4741 and, um, or call me either one. It makes no difference to me. But um, just let me know that you want to be added to our church messaging system. And <clears throat> one of the things that we do, if you don't have Facebook, we send this message out. And um, anything that has to do with our church goes out through this church messaging system. But we send the message out and we have a link to the videos that we create on YouTube. And so I would encourage you to uh, be a part of that messaging system so that you can get messages for when the church is closed, when it's open for whatever reason, uh, weather related or sickness related or whatever, uh, prayer requests, um, things, uh, urgent prayer needs. So all, all those things go out through our messaging system and, and it's a very, very handy tool to have, especially right now. So if you want to um, be a part of that, just um, let me know one way or the other through Facebook, text message or phone call, however you see fit and we will get you on that. I also want you to, um, to again, just uh, keep being patient with us because we don't really know how this is going to play out. Uh, we, don't, we don't really know exactly how to respond to everything right now, but Romans chapter 13 does tell us that we have an obligation to submit to our governing authorities. And I welcome you to go and read that for yourself, and you'll understand that it would apply to this situation. Um, now, yes, if our government were telling us um, that uh, you cannot pray and you cannot worship and, um, and they were trying to, to, make us, um, to make us sin against God in some way, then yes, we would be wise to rise up and, um, and to choose to follow God and not our governing authorities. But I don't believe that is the case right now. I truly believe that this is our government looking out for the well-being of this nation as best as they know how, listening to the medical professionals and the people that are, are um, in this field. And so um, I believe that we would be wise and biblical to do what we're doing right now and listen to what they have to say, submit to their authority, and to, um, to continue to make sure that we are not meeting with anything um, more than 10 people, uh, groups of 10 people or less, the only, uh, the only meeting that we try to do. And so um, in, in every way possible, we're going to try to submit to that, um, especially right now. And again, we're going to keep looking to see what the future holds. So, uh, so stay tuned and please be patient with us. Just keep praying with us. And, um, and we're still here. 
um, you know, I just went and um, we just went and visited with a couple of our church members that um, have been sick and have not been able to um, to to be out. Uh, Brother Ken and Renee, um, the, he's not been out of the hospital long, but we went and just uh, um, just spent just a little time. They were on the front porch, and we were in the car in their driveway, so we we were trying to still be safe in that, but. Um, I want you to know that if there is uh, something that you have going on right now and you need us, um, we are not afraid in any by by any means to 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 come to pray with you to to be with you for for whatever it is that you need right now. And so, uh, please don't think that um, that we are so separated that that we we're not going to be there for each other because that is very far from the truth. And so um, please, please know that we're trying to submit to our governing authorities. We're trying to be safe and protect our flock as much as possible, at least until we know more and have more information. But um, that does not mean that if, um, if, if we're needed on the front lines of this, that we won't give our lives to be there. Um, I believe that we are followers of Christ and Christ gave His life uh, for, for the world. And, and I truly believe that if the time comes that we need to be in the hospitals and we need to be wherever we need to be, um, if we're needed and, um, and, and this is our time to step out and show the love of Christ to the world, um, I truly believe that we'll be calling on you to do that. Um, and, and I pray that every one of us as Christians are willing to do that for our fellow man. On the same token, I want you to understand that we are still doing um, um, <clears throat> missions. We still support missions, missionaries. We, um, we are still looking for ways to partner. We, we've called the schools this week, and, um, and we are looking at supporting at least one week here in the next couple of weeks of um, supplying meals for children. And, um, and so there are still opportunities for us to be able to... Um, to serve our fellow man, even though we're not coming together and meeting. Um, another, another thing that we're going to do is um, we're meeting with our, our deacons again this Sunday morning, and we're going to step up our benevolence. You know, we're really going to be looking, especially at our church members right now, those that are um, um, checking on you for your financial well-being and just making sure that... Um, that, that our people and, and, um, and, and again, uh, others that may need it. We, we just want to make sure that we're serving our fellow man during this time, but especially taking care of our own fold. And so, um, and so there, there's still going to be um, ministry taking place. With that being said, I want to encourage you to please continue to support what we do here at this church, even though we're not able to gather um, I don't ask you to do this for, for myself. I don't depend on this for my salary. Those of you that are watching know that. Um, I'm no better off if I have it, and I'm no worse off if I don't. And so I don't say this um, uh, for selfish reasons. On that same note, I want you to know that there are pastors out there that do make their living, that this is the way that God has chose to to provide for them is through the church. And so... Um, if you're not a member of Wells and you're watching this, please don't forget that um, there are pastors that, that still need support. There are ministers and, and secretaries that, um, that, that still have work to do, and our work has not stopped. If anything, our workload has increased. And so, um, so I, I, I plead with you to, to make sure that you, uh, you don't quit giving during this time. Um, if you're able to still be working and still 
have an income coming in right now as I am, and I'm thankful for that, then people like you and I, we need to make sure that we're giving at this time and we're helping um, because there are going to be people that need help. There are going to be people that need food and, and other supplies. And so uh, right now as the economy is beginning to shake quite a bit and, um, and we again, the future is just day by day, we... Um, we really want to make sure that we keep our giving going. And so there's going to be opportunities for you to give. We'll be sending out a text message with a link that lets you know that if you tap here, you can give online in this way. And then um, you can mail in a, an offering if you would like to do that. Um, um, just um, there, there are opportunities for you to do that. If neither one of those work and you want to give and, there's, and you need another outlet to do that, then uh, again, text me or message me or the church or somebody that um, we can we can help you be able to do that. But again, please don't hear me up here begging. We're we're not hurting. I mean, we're we're still in great shape um, financially. But um, but the work does not stop. That's my point. If anything, our workload has increased, and not only that, our benevolence is probably going to increase substantially. Um, the um, the money that we give to help support the the food at the schools and things is going to increase substantially. So, if anything, we need the offerings and then some to keep coming in to 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 stay at a good place. So, um, that's a that's just a um, an encouragement from your pastor, just asking you to to not forget that even though we're not meeting, we are still ministering. So, please help us with that and um, in any way that you're led to do that and. Um, uh, I, I know that um, that's just one way that we're able to serve our fellow man during this time, and I pray that we take advantage of that if you're able. Um, and then um, I want you to also understand that now is a good time for us to be reminded that we cannot just depend on Sunday school teachers and pastors to, to feed us. Um, as uh, Chris and Tara did a video, and they, they put it out to you on Friday, I believe it was, um, they were trying to help give you guidance on some family worship. And I know this is intimidating to probably 95% or more of you. I get that. Um, I'm thankful for this time, though. I'm thankful that it's going to give you an opportunity to, to try to begin to put those things into practice. As, as I heard Chris say on the video, it's awkward. It is. Um, uh, sometimes we, we've gotten so used to doing everything in a church building that we never go home and pray with our, with our kids, pray with our family. We never go home and do a study with our, uh, our kids and our family. And so I would encourage you right now to just try something. Just get your family together and um, lead them in a word of prayer. It don't have to be a long professional prayer. It can just be a prayer praying for the sick right now, praying that God would give us wisdom right now. I've, I've given you some things to ask you to pray for. So just make you a little list and, um, and just say a quick prayer with your family. And then um, after that, just read a scripture. Maybe take a, um, a chapter or a paragraph or, or, or something. Um, Chris and Terry gave you some good guides, especially for children. And so uh, I, I want to encourage you, especially if you're the head of your household, whether you be a single mother or you're a husband and a father in the home, I want to encourage you to, um, to and I know there's going to be a lot of you say, well, I just don't feel worthy. You know, I'm a sinner. Well, guess what? I, I'm a sinner too. And if, um, 
if I let that dictate whether or not I did my duty, um, there'd be a lot of Sundays that I wouldn't preach. But instead, the correct response to that is to confess any known sin that you do have, to repent from that sin, and to ask God to forgive you and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness, and then get in there and do what you know is your responsibility to do. Uh, your, parent, your, your children don't need to see a perfect mother or a perfect father. They need to see a sinner that knows how to come before God and knows how much they need God. And you will show that as you do uh, this family worship. So I want to encourage you during this time. We're making these videos for you. We're putting studies out. But don't neglect your responsibility at home. And I know it's easy to do. I'm guilty of it. And so I, I just ask you that you would muster up some courage, Ask God to give you the strength to be able to, um, to step out and do what He's called you to do. And again, you're not going to get it perfect, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, if you can start somewhere, you'll learn. And you'll grow together as a family. And a lot of good will come from it. So I encourage you, uh, step up. Uh, do something with your family during this time. It's a great opportunity, and I'd hate for you to miss it. The... Um, the last thing that um, I want to do today is I'd like to have a little study and I'd like to just continue what I have been doing um, or what I started, I guess it was last Wednesday when I was talking to you about um, God's command to, to not fear, to not worry. You know, um, um, I dropped my wife off at Walmart today and, um, and we, we had some things we needed. Again, it's not panic uh, shopping, um, uh, at least trying not to. You know, we, we dropped her off, and, um, and me and my son sat in the car while she went in and got a few groceries, and um, there wasn't anything there. I mean, the aisles were cleared out, and uh, she was saying that they, they had just got a shipment of toilet paper in. There were people lined up waiting to get in the aisle to be able to get it. And... Um, and then I was talking to somebody else a little while later and they made the statement that, um, that in their mind it makes them start thinking, well, I'm not out yet, but maybe I better go get some. And that's the kind of mentality that, that is feeding a lot of this is the mentality that says, uh, man, everybody else is doing this. Um, I need to go get mine before, before it just runs completely out. And I believe that's a bad mentality to have. But... Um, I want to talk to you today about not worrying and reasons not to worry, not, uh, not panic buying, to, to, um, why, why, we, why we can just take it one day at a time and just get what we need. And again, I'm not telling you to sit at home and do nothing and just say, well, God's going to provide. <laughs> no, that's stupid too. Um, God is going to provide, but He provides by by making sure that you have what you need and you can go get what you need. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit here today. But I want to look at some reasons that Jesus gave us to not worry. Last uh, Wednesday in Isaiah, God gave us some reasons to not fear. And um, He showed us who He was and He told us what He promised He would do for us. Well, today we get the same teaching from Jesus in just a little bit of a different light. And so I want to look at that from Luke chapter 12. And in Luke chapter 12, I'll read very quickly um, in verse uh, 22. And this is what it says. 
And He said to His disciples, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. So that's the first thing. Don't be anxious or don't be fearful and worrying about your life. And life is pretty important. I mean, I agree with you. Our health, our well-being, uh, that's something that, that is important. But Jesus here tells us, don't worry about it. And then we'll go a little bit further. He says, don't worry about what you will eat. <laughs> and I think that's what's happening now. So we have both of these taking place right now. First off, everybody's worried about their health. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be smart because I'm going to prove to you from Scripture that God has given us common sense on how to be smart about our health, but to not let worry and fear drive us in, in how we respond to this thing. Um, same thing about eating. God knows that we need food. You know, Jesus told the devil, He said, man does not live by bread alone. And that's true. But Jesus also knew that man does live by bread, just not by bread alone. And so what we understand is that is that God knows that we need life, that we need health. God knows that we need uh, bread. God knows that we need to eat. But He says, don't worry about that. And then He f finishes off, don't worry about your body, what you will put on. In other words, don't worry about whether or not you have clothes. Don't worry about whether or not you have food. Don't worry about whether or not you have um, uh, uh, good, good health. Don't worry about it. Don't, it's not that you don't think about it and you don't do things that are good for that, but don't worry about it. Don't panic about it. Don't, um, don't let anxiety and fear control you in these things. And then he says in verse 23, he says, For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, in other words, if you can't do as small a thing as add a single span, an hour of life to your life, then why are you anxious about all the rest? And we'll talk about what he's saying there in a moment. Consider the lilies. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after those things. So this is the way that the world does. The world is worried to death about these things, and this is what they live their life for. They live their life to be able to eat, to be able to clothe themselves, and to be able to, to stay healthy or enjoy this life in some way. That's what their life is about. And he says here next, he says, Your father knows that you need these things. So it's not like he don't know that we need these things. And then in verse 31, he says, Instead, seek the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. And then I love the way he responds in verse 32. He says, Fear not, little flock. I love the way he responds to us as little sheep. And, and, and I don't believe this is an insult. I believe these are terms of affection. I believe that these are terms of endearment. And he wants you to understand that he understands that we're little, that we're weak, that we're flesh. 
He understands that we're like sheep, needing a shepherd, needing to be uh, have a guide to, to know which way to go and which things to, to avoid. He says, Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give it to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and breaks in and no moth will ever destroy. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. And so one of the things that we see here is Jesus, again, as I told you last week, we asked some questions. Is there a command to follow? Is there a promise to claim? Is there a prayer to repeat? Is there a sin to avoid? That's just a few of them. But we see here that we have some commands. He says, don't fear, don't be anxious, don't worry, and don't do these things about your life, about your food, or about your clothes. Your Father knows that you need these things. And then He gives us promises, or we don't see them as promises when we read them. We just see them as reasons why we shouldn't worry or be anxious or fear about these things in life. But they are promises when we look at them, and we're going to look and break that down here in just a moment. But I want you to have just a little bit of context to understand how we got here. In uh, Luke chapter 12 and verse 1, you will see that many thousands of people had gathered around Jesus so that they were trampling one another to hear what He had to say. If you backed up a little bit further in chapter 11, you would see that he's been talking with the Pharisees. And actually, he's been scolding them pretty bad. He's been talking to them about the way that they're all about their religion, and yet they're hypocrites in the way they live their life and the way that they follow the law of God. And so he's been scolding the religious leaders who had a lot of authority in this day. Uh, matter of fact, authority over the Jews to, to even kill some, uh, to, to even punish up to death. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, he, um, he has been putting himself in what the world would look like here in harm's way. Now, Jesus is not afraid, uh, but he has been doing that. And so when we get to chapter 12, verse 1, we see that a large crowd, many thousands have gathered around here. And so he begins to say to his disciples first, so we have Pharisees here, we have His apostles here, we have His disciples here, and we have all types of people in this crowd. And they're all watching and listening to what He has to say, listening to what the Pharisees are asking Him and what they have to say. And then in verse, um, verse 4 of chapter 12, He says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. Because again, the question is, is um, if you were to go back to um, the first three or four verses in uh, chapter 12, you'll see that he had actually told the whole crowd, beware of the false teaching of the Pharisees. It's hypocrisy. And he calls them out and he warns them about what they speak in the darkness. Everybody's going to know. And so then the question is probably going through a lot of their minds does he not worry about speaking to these authority figures the way that he is? And then Jesus, out of his response to understanding that thought they have, he says, listen, I tell you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body. That's the worst that those Pharisees could do to anybody here. The worst they could do is kill the body. That's it. And then he goes on, 
You better fear God because God has the power to not only kill the body, but to cast the soul into eternity for hell. And so uh, what, we, what we see here is that Jesus is just following the thoughts of these people. And so we have this crowd. So keep the picture here. We want to put it in context. And then he tells them in verse 8, And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, also will acknowledge before the angels. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And so again, now he wants them to understand, don't be ashamed and don't be afraid to follow me. These are disciples. These are people that are still trying to figure out whether or not they're going to follow him or not. And he just let, lays it out there. Don't you let fear keep you and shame keep you from following me because I'm going to acknowledge you before my God one day if, if you are not ashamed of me. And then in verse 13, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus has also been talking about money in this, about you can't serve God and money. And so all of a sudden in the middle of this, somebody yells out in the middle of the crowd, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And then Jesus addresses this and He tells them, He says, Take care and be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then He tells a parable in light of this covetous heart. And He, he wants him to understand that we have to be very careful not to be so worried about the things of this world that, um, that that's what our mind is focused on and that's our biggest concern. And so he tells a parable about a rich man that had, um, had a good harvest. And um, he, he tore down his barns to build bigger barns so that he could, he could store up all this stuff. And he collected all that he could collect and he stored it up. And then the Bible tells us and Jesus tells us in parable that, that um, it was said to him that night, you fool. He said, you, you thought that you were going to be merry and rich and you had many goods laid up, but your life will be required of you this night. In other words, what good did it do you to store all those things up because you don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow? And so Jesus teaches us not to be so focused on this world that, um, that we're worried about food and drink and making sure that we have everything that we need. He wants us to understand, don't worry about storing up your, your, uh, your doomsday closet. <laughs> don't worry about making sure you have everything so that, so that you've got 20 years that you're going to make it if the economy crashes. He's telling us here, don't live like that. Don't live in that kind of fear. Don't, don't worry about going to Walmart every day and being there so that you can fill your buggy full so that you can stock your pantries and you can be so worried about, uh, about whether or not you're going to have food to eat and whether or not you're going to be able to stay healthy and whether or not you're going to be able to have clothes to wear. And so this is what leads him into verse 22. And Jesus says, He said to His disciples, Therefore I tell you, when you see the word therefore, He's saying, based on everything that we've just covered, this is why I tell you this. I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious about what you will eat. Don't be anxious about your body, what you will, what you will wear. Don't let fear, worry, and anxiety drive you in these things. Your Father knows that you need them. And so we're going to get into, the, the, here's the command. 
The command is don't do that. Don't let your worry, don't let your fear. And again, our Father knows that we're weak. We're weak sheep. We really are. And so I'm not scolding anybody. I'm trying to help you understand that there is a better way and there is a Christian way. And I believe that the Bible would direct us to walk in faith and to set our heart on this and to, to trust it, to believe it. And so that's what my prayer is today when we get through this. So again, the command. Don't be anxious about life, food, and clothes. Don't let worry and anxiety and fear drive you in these things. And then he gives us reasons why. <clears throat> because it's important that we know here's the reason why you don't have to do this. And you can settle into this faith believing that God is going to take care of you. And so the next thing that we see are the, um, the reasons why. Let me pull my notes back up here for just a minute because I didn't write it in my Bible this time. But next we have the reasons why. The first one comes from verse 23 and 24. So read that with me. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. And then he goes on in verse 24 and he says, Consider the ravens. In other words, look at the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And so here's the first thing that we learn about why we should not worry. <clears throat> Look at all of creation. You are of more value than any of the rest of creation. God made you in His image. God made you to have dominion over all of His creation and to glorify Him in it. You were made in the image of God to be a walking, breathing, living reflection of God. And so what we have to understand is that if that is your value, and your value must be a lot because it was enough that He sent His only begotten Son to give His life for you so that you would not perish in your sin, but you would have everlasting life. And so we have to understand here that your value is much greater than birds or animals or cows that are grazing out in the field. Um, uh, it, it, your value is much greater than any of this creation. And yet, here's what Jesus says. Would you just look at the birds? <clears throat> Just look at them. They don't work. They don't, um, they don't sow to reap a harvest. Um, they just fly and eat. God provides for them. And what Jesus wants you to understand is that you are worth far more than birds. If God will take care of birds, do you not believe that He's going to take care of you? Now again, I'm not saying that we don't be smart. I'm not saying sit at your house and don't go to Walmart and don't get food and don't get clothing. Um, don't do anything to protect your health. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about this panic. I'm talking about this fear. I'm talking about this anxiety and this worry about what is tomorrow going to do. And so I need to store up now because I don't know how tomorrow is going to be. In other words, the only way I can find satisfaction right now and peace right now is by knowing I got a closet full of food. <laughs> and if that's where you get your peace, let me tell you something. 
One day the food is going to run out. Let me tell you something. One day the health is going to run out. One day you're not going to be able to hide from the virus. And so it's important for us to understand that our peace can't come from that. Our peace has to come from knowing that God puts a high value on us, even more than birds. And so that's the first thing that we learn from verse 23 and 24. And then again, I want to back up to 23 for just a minute. Look at what he said there. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. In other words, your life is more than just eating. Your life is not here because you have to eat. Your life is here to honor and glorify God. I've heard it said before that we don't, we don't live to eat. We eat to live. And so, and again, we're sinners and we get that twisted because many days we live to eat. And that's the problem and that's what Jesus is trying to address here. If your life is about whether or not you eat and it's not about whether or not you honor and glorify God, you're backwards. And so Jesus is calling us as little sheep, weak people that need guidance, back to the Father's way, back to the Christian's way. And the Christian's way is to make sure that we understand that the life that we have is more than food. The body that we have is more than clothes. We don't wear clothes to, um, to just make ourselves look good. We wear clothes to honor and glorify God. And so we have to make sure that, that, that we've got our priorities in, in order and that we're living in the right mindset. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothes, more than what you put on. It is to honor and to glorify God. And He's going to take care of that body as much as it honors and glorifies Him. So... That's an important thing that we see in this. The next thing that we see comes from verse 25 and 26. Let me read it real quick. He says in 25 and 26, And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? And so in other words, worry is useless. It won't help you at all. How many of you that rushed to Walmart and stocked up on everything that you could find, how many of you that have done that, how many of you added a single hour to your life by doing that? How many of you can guarantee that you'll live one hour longer than anyone else because you did that? Can you guarantee that? No, you can't. You have worried and worried and worried and responded to that worry in these ways and now you can't add a single hour to your life. It was completely useless. And so here, the, the point that he's making here is, in verse 26 he says, If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Worry can't even add a single minute to your life. And yet you live in it, you walk in it, you let it run you, you let it make the decisions for you and how you're going to respond in this. And you, it didn't add a single thing to you. It was useless. It was without purpose. So again, that's the second reason. The first reason, if you're taking notes, is because you are valued far more than any of the rest of His creation. And look at the birds. He takes care of them. The second thing is 
Worry is useless. Don't fear. Don't have anxiety over these things because it's useless. It's not going to add a single minute, a single hour to your life. Not at all. And so Jesus is saying on those two reasons, don't do it. Just I'm giving you the command to not do it. And now the third command comes from verse 29 through 30. Skip down with me to... Um, um, actually, let's go ahead and read verse 27 and 28. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in the hall of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and thrown in the oven tomorrow, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? So here He does the same thing. The first one was with food. We worry about food. The second one is we worry about whether or not we're going to be able to, to be clothed, a, a house to live in. We're going, we, we worry about those things. And He says here, listen, first off, consider the birds. God feeds them and you're worth more than birds. Birds. Another thing, look at the lilies or the grass of the field. Look at how well they're dressed. Look at a lily and these beautiful flowers and, and, and how well they're dressed. And, and he says, I tell you, even Solomon, who was one of the richest men in the world, the wisest man in the world, he said, even Solomon was not arrayed in such glory during his day. And then he says again in verse um, 28, But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? And so one of the things that we see right there is that you are an eternal being. The grass and the flowers of the field are not eternal. He says that it's alive today and it flourishes, but it's thrown in the oven tomorrow. The reason he says thrown in the oven is because God tells us that all of this world and all of its elements are going to be burnt up and consumed. You are the eternal being created in the image of God. And if God so clothes the lilies of the field and God so feeds the birds of the air, do you not think that He is going to take care of the one that is created in His image, the eternal being, the one that's not thrown in the oven tomorrow, but goes on into eternity with Him. And so He wants us to understand here that you are an eternal being. You are, um, you are not like the animals and you are not like the, um, the flowers and the grass of the field. And then He goes on in verse 29 through 30. And look what he says next. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. So here's what we learn from that right there. You're not like the world. Listen, it's understandable that the world does this. We turn on the news and we laugh and we look at it, and um, the truth of the matter is it's understandable. They are worried to death about tomorrow, and they should be, because they don't know what tomorrow holds. They don't know, they don't have the hope that we have. They're not seeking the kingdom that we're seeking. They're not living for something greater than this. And so we need to understand that we're not like the world. And what Jesus tells you, another reason not to worry, is because that's what the world does. Your Father knows that you need these things. So don't do what the world does. You're not like the world. 
You are called out from among them to be separate. You are seeking another kingdom. Your hope is not in whether or not this body stays healthy or not. Your hope is not in whether or not you are fed or not. Your hope is not in whether or not you have clothes and a roof over your head or not. However, your Father does know that you need these things. It's not like that, that, that you have to sit back and don't do anything about it. No, you need a house to live in. You need food to eat. You need clothes to wear. And so He's not telling you don't go to work. He's not telling you don't, um, don't try to provide. He's not telling you don't go to Walmart. He's not telling you don't buy toilet paper. No, if you need toilet paper, go buy toilet paper. If you need food, go buy food. If you need um, clothes, go buy clothes. If you need to pay your rent, go to work. Pay your rent. But at the end of the day, we don't live our lives in fear, worry, and anxiety over these things the way the world does. We are different from the world. So that's another reason not to worry. You're not like the world. Your hope is in something else. In verse 31, he says, Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. In other words, your Father knows you need them. So set your mind on His kingdom. Set your mind on loving Him, glorifying Him, honoring Him with your body, worshiping Him with your mouth, with living, living for His honor, for His glory. And then let God lead you in jobs and in Walmart and you walk in peace and you walk in um, trusting Him. And this is the difference that He's talking about here. Don't worry about whether your brother divides the inheritance with you or not. That's not our concern. Don't worry about whether or not we've stored up and built big enough barns to hold all the food that we buy from Walmart. Don't, don't worry about those things. Now, is, again, I'm not saying it's wrong. You know what? I'm probably going to plant a garden this year. I'm probably going to get back to canning some food. But I'm not doing that because I'm worried to death that I'm not going to be able to eat tomorrow if I don't do that. I'm doing it because it's wise, because it's smart. And as long as I am here, then I will have some food that I need to eat. I will have uh, some vegetables to put on the stove. And so again, it's not about sitting back and doing nothing. It's about not letting worry, panic, and anxiety control you. And that's what I see happening in a lot of people today. And so that's important. So here's just a few promises that I get from that. Uh, the first promise is that God takes care of what He values. Now you think about what He's saying. He, he takes care of the birds. He takes care of all the, the flowers, the grass. And you are of more value than them. That don't mean they're not valuable. They were created for His glory, for His pleasure too. But you're valuable. And God takes care of what He values. And so we need to understand that promise is true for us. God takes care of me because He values me. He values me and He values you. And so that's a promise that I claim right here. God, you're going to take care of me because you value me. You love me. And so I trust you. And that's the promise that we claim as we follow this command. 
Another promise we claim is that you are worth far more to God than birds or flowers. Not only does He value you, but you are more valuable than birds or flowers. And so you have that promise to claim that if He takes care of those things, how much more is He going to take care of you? Then in the third, the third thing is He is your Father. That's the third promise. Look what He says in verse 30, in verse 30 again. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. I love the way Jesus said this because He didn't say your God knows that you need them, even though that would be a sufficient term. But instead He says your Father. Your Father. You know, for those of you that are fathers or mothers out there listening to this, if you know how to love and to provide for your children, how much more do you think your Heavenly Father knows how to provide and love and care for you? And so the third promise is that He is your Father. He says, listen, if I've called you and you're in Christ, I'm your Father. Whether you understand that or not, I'm your Father. And I love you. And I'm going to care for you. And so that's another promise that we see. In um, the last promise, at the end of this life, He has a kingdom of treasure that He delights to give you. Look at verse 32. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now I love that. In the end of this life, our Father has a kingdom that it is His pleasure to give you all of it. There's nothing that He desires to withhold from you in that day. And that is our trust and that is our hope. And that's why we're seeking after that kingdom. Because this stuff here... It's temporary. It's not going to last. My hope will not be in this. There's a kingdom prepared for me that my Father, it is His good pleasure to give it to me. And I love the way He does this in verse 32. And I'll, I'll close with this because I think I've kept you long enough. Listen to this. Fear not, little flock. So we see there that God is a shepherd. Fear not, little flock. He, he refers to us as sheep. Weak sheep that need guidance. And weak sheep need a shepherd. They can't make it without a shepherd. The shepherd protects them from the wolf and the bear and from the lion. And so we, we understand that God is a great shepherd that guides us, that protects us. And then he goes on, he says, For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so we see there that He is our shepherd and He is our Father. More than just somebody who protects sheep, he is a father over his children that belong to him, that he loves and he cares for. And then at the end it says, it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And if he's given you a kingdom, that means he is also a king. He is a good king who desires to share his entire kingdom with all of the people that are part of this kingdom. And so we see here that God is a good shepherd cares for weak and, um, and, and um, helpless sheep like us that are very quick to fear, very quick to go into anxiety, very quick to, um, to worry about these things. He understands that. But these promises is what's calling us out of that. The fact that He is our good shepherd and He provides for us and He protects us. He is our Father and we are His children, 
and He desires to make sure that we are protected and took care of as His children. And then He is a great King who has an enormous kingdom, an eternal kingdom that He desires to give to all of His that will be in that kingdom with Him. And so what do we have to fear? What do we have to worry? What do we have to be anxious about? And so Christ here calls you out of that. If you need to go to Walmart, go to Walmart. Get your toilet paper that you need. Get your food that you need. Get your um, uh, clothes that you need. But don't worry about whether or not you have it for the next three weeks, four weeks. Are they going to quarantine us for uh, everybody's going to shut down for 14 days, eight weeks, however long? You know what? Maybe they do. But here's one thing I know for certain. I have a good shepherd. I have a loving father. And I have a great king. And he values me. He loves me. And He will make sure that this body and this life that He has given me for His glory, that it has everything that it needs to accomplish His purpose. And I trust Him whether He gives or I trust Him whether He takes away. That's the message for today. I pray you're blessed by it. I pray that it changes your entire mindset, your whole attitude and your heart as we go through this time. He's good. Let's pray. Father, I come to You right now and I just want to thank You for Your Word. I want to thank You for um, being a loving Father. I want to thank You for being a good shepherd. I want to thank You for being a gracious King. Father, I ask You right now that everyone that's hearing this, I pray, God, that You would give them a heart of faith to believe these promises, to trust that you are these things to them. And Father, I pray that, Lord, we would not be a people who live like the world and who seeks after all of these things, food, clothing, and health. I pray, God, that we would seek Your kingdom and that, Lord, we would get what we need. We would try to stay healthy, but that we would just follow You, trust You, living in peace, knowing that You are good and that You love us. So Father, I pray and I give You thanks for this Word today. I pray that You would instill it in our hearts and I pray that we are, our faith is increased today. I thank You for the peace that passeth all understanding and I pray that everyone that's heard this Word today would have that same peace. Father, we love You. We praise You. We ask You for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.